welcome to the Driving Your Marketing Podcast, where small business entrepreneurs come discover the strategies, systems, and tools to kick their marketing into high gear. If you want to go from surviving small business owner to thriving entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get ready to roll. All right, welcome everybody. This is Eli Delaney, creator of the Driving Your Marketing Podcast, where we bring in cool people that I meet throughout the world to hang out, have a good time, have a great conversation, and teach you the things that you can do to market your business more effectively. Because let's face it, a lot of people in the marketing world are, you know, for lack of a better word, kind of on the shady side. And they're doing a lot of this stuff where they talk about how expensive it is and how complicated things have to be. And I, you know, as a speaker, I know that I've asked people, well, you know, why is it you don't like marketing? And I've even had people tell me it's black magic and voodoo. And these are the things that I want to dispel, share this stuff out with you guys to teach you the things you can get out there and do on your own. And today I've got an awesome guest. We have known each other from a distance for several years now. And I reached out to have her come on as a guest, so it's my pleasure to have Andrea Waltz. She is the co-author of Go for No, Yes is the Destination, No is How You Get There, along with her uh, business partner, Richard Fenton. Um, it's made her, it's, she has made it her mission to liberate people from the fear of failure and rejection, sharing the entire new mindset of hearing the word no. So Andrea, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Eli, it is great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Uh, it is my pleasure. And you and I were talking just a little bit before we hit the record button here um, about the fact that, you know, I your book was recommended to me was, um, I'm realizing now, this was back in 2009, it was recommended to me by a friend, so I ended up picking, a, picking up a copy of it, and just before this call, I actually pulled out my copy, that way I could have some reference points to go back to while we have our conversation today, and I realized that the bookmark that I was using for that was a Coyotes hockey ticket receipt from, literally, October 24th of 2009, when they were playing LA, which is kind of fun. Um, so I've had this book for ages. I thought it was an awesome book. As somebody who's in sales and marketing, I think that this is a, is a very, very powerful thing. So tell us a little bit, why did you decide to write the, a book called Go For No, especially with salespeople who like to hear the word yes? Yeah, exactly. That's such a good question um, because salespeople do, of course, love the word yes and tend to shy away from, you know, hearing the word no. And so what, the reason why we named the book Go For No is because of kind of the signature story in the book, which actually happened to my co-author and business partner, and actually he's my husband, Richard, and he um, had an experience where uh, he had a district manager kind of challenge him after he had this great sale, and the district manager was like, you know, Rich had this great sale, and the district manager asked him, you know, what did that customer say no to? And Rich said, well, he didn't say no to anything because actually everything that Richard had shown this particular customer during this sales transaction, the guy had said yes to. And the district manager said then, well, then how did you know he was done? And Rich realized that he knew he was done because, uh, in fact, Richard was done. It was kind of like he, he hit his mental spending limit um, and decided that the sale was over and took the customer to the cash register, rang him up, and you know sent this guy on his way. And Rich was told by his district manager at that moment, he said, you know, 
you're a you're a pretty good salesperson, but your fear of the word no is going to kill you. If you could just learn to get over that, you could be, you know, one of the great ones. And so that was the day that Rich actually learned the secret, which is not to avoid no, not to try to, you know, not have customers say no to him, but actually to hear more no's. Um, had he, that sale, instead of being what it was, which was about $1,100, uh, could have been several thousand dollars quite easily, but he was just interested in the yeses, never, quote, went for no, and so that's why we decided to name the book Go For No, which is really the whole message, and that is go out of your way, intentionally increase the number of times you're hearing no, and when you do that, and this is kind of, I guess, the numbers game philosophy, the yeses will fall into your lap easier and more frequently, you know, um, than if you avoid hearing no. Right. And I, and I love that. And it is such a powerful thing. And, and let's face it, you know, I know that, you know, one of the reasons, and I'm just going to let out a little secret here, one of the reasons why I really wanted you on this call was because of the fact that this is powerful stuff for me as well. And I think that that's kind of important for me to share that because of the fact that, you know, I've been doing this for many, many years. My last company was a web and graphic design company. We've had it for over 18 years. We've been running this business for six years. And I still have that fear of no. I have that fear of picking up the phone and, and calling people and those kind of things. So it's one of those things that we all have it. And I think that, that if we stop and go, okay, if we can get more no's, we're going to get more yeses in the process. And I was just reading... Um, uh, Million Dollar Habits by Robert Ringer, and one of the things he talks about is the law of averages, meaning that if you get enough no's, you're just you're bound to get yeses as well, just in that process. Oh, completely, and and so much of it is a numbers game. And Eli, you're so right. There's there's kind of two pieces. There's two sides of the coin, actually. There's there's that intellectual numbers game thing where you know, um, and I love that title actually I have to get that book um, million dollar habits that's great mm-hmm. and go for no clearly is a million dollar habit I mean if you are somebody who doesn't you know let those no's stop you and actually increase your nose your your opportunities are going to increase it's just statistically probable now the trick is to get through the painful phase and that is something that all you know solopreneurs entrepreneurs small business owners go through is that initial um, learning your market, uh, being able to share about yourself, your products, your services, all these things, and get through that painful process where you tend to hear no more even. And so there's that whole psychology behind it as well. So people can get it intellectually, but what we find usually is it's the psychology that takes much longer. And I mean, I'll tell you right off the bat, I, you know, I need it. I, I teach it every day and I love teaching it because it's constantly something I need. Right. Well, and that is, I think that is really powerful. And I remember years and years ago, um, you know, a friend of mine from, from a chamber, she was in the real estate world years ago. And, she brought up the fact that one of the things that she would do is she she went through this process of sitting there going, okay, how many calls do I need to make to get a yes? And she figured out that she actually had to make a lot. It was like 90 calls. But she said, I know that if I talk to 90 people, I'm going to get a sale. Now, she's in real estate, so she's going to make a decent chunk on the commissions there. But she she said, at this point, when I figure it out, it's like I, I'm just making as many phone calls as I possibly can because I know when I hit 90, in that 90, I'm going to get one, and that's all, I, that's all I have to worry about. 
And I thought that yeah. that was really powerful to think that process of you're not worried about the no's. You're worried about how do I reach 90 calls? You know, it kind of mm-hmm. changes the shift on that. Oh, it totally does. And, and I think I think it's a really great exercise um, for people to do and to kind of um, – that's one of the things that we suggest is to create that no awareness and really um, try to figure those numbers out because then you can just say, okay, it is, it is a process. Um, there are just a certain amount of people who are going to say no for a wide variety of reasons. Um, and, and certainly one of the things that we teach too, Eli, is, you know, it's – um, okay, don't, you know, if you can improve, if you can change up your presentation, if you can get creative, I mean, certainly there are things that you can do to improve on those no's as you keep going. But then when you have a professional like this lady you're talking about, I mean, eventually it's just, it, it is the numbers game and you kind of have to rely on that. And it's, it's good to fall back on that and say, I just have to make a, do a certain number of activities, um, meaning reaching out, making those calls, sending those emails and know that the numbers will eventually fall in line. Right. And it, and it is true. And it's, you know, when you start realizing that that's, that's a big difference in just your mindset behind it, it, it does open it up. And that's one of the things I'd like to talk about, too, is, you know, you talk a lot about failure in the book. What, you know, let's, let's kind of approach that process of how do you realize that people, you know, you're going to fail. We all know that that's going to happen, but it's always really painful every single time. How do we get over that fear and how do we realize that it's just a thing. It's not that big of a deal and more things are going to come that are going to be in a better way anyway. Yeah, exactly. And so we really use the word failure interchangeably with the word no because I think what has hap- what happens is that people consider, you know, when they get a no, they think they have failed somehow. And so we kind of open up the book with teaching people this new model, um, a new mental model of failure and success so that they see that, you know, the, the old model where they're in the middle and they have, they have a choice um, where failure is on one side and success is on the other and they're kind of thinking, well, should I go, should I go, to, the, go to failure or go to success? Like, like they somehow have to choose. And we show them this new model, which is they're on one end and failure, quote, failure, rejection, hearing nose is always in the middle, and then the success that we're seeking is always on the other side, those, those yeses. And so we talk a lot about failure because I think that that's kind of that underlying psychology under people avoiding no. It's, it's that they see themselves as a failure. They start defining themselves as a failure. They don't want to be rejected. They see that rejection as a failure. And so what happens is, um, you know, they don't continue because, of course, we've all been taught and trained to be successful, especially, you know, in an industry as an example, like, I mean, real estate's a total, you know, great example um, of people wanting to be super successful, and and that's what people talk about is all the successes, right? So we mm-hmm. make it very clear that you've got to change your definition and your mental model around what really failing is and, and understand that failing is part of the process. Hearing no is part of that process and that it doesn't define you as a person. It's just that one single event. And quite frankly, we're now, te- we're now sh- saying to you, and you've got to do it even more. So you better get used to it. And you better start liking it and enjoying it. Otherwise, then it's going to get even more painful. Right. And that is, that is really, really true because it is hard to like it. And you know, that's one of the questions I want to ask you about that. When you, when we think about that, that getting no's, what are, what are some of the, the reasons that people say no? Because 
I know that we take it personal, but it really isn't as personal 90% of the time than we think it is. What are your, have some of your thoughts on that, too? Yeah, I mean, my thought is, I, I think for the most part, um, saying no um uh, for most people, is really a knee-jerk reaction. You know, it's it's. I think people have a fear of. Certainly, we all have a fear of making a bad decision. And this this interestingly, it's kind of on the the shoes on the other foot now. It's that fear of um, doing something stupid, um, making a wrong decision. We've all had that time that one time where we were shopping, or whether we were in a store or online, or we got sucked into something and then we never used it, or it just turned out to be bad. So we've got this huge fear of making a decision and so no is the absolute first answer in fact for people that are um quote sales people they're the ones who you know they don't want to hear anything because they know they'll get sold mm-hmm. <laughs> you know sales people love to be sold and so th- this kind of knee-jerk reaction is really common that's the other reason why from a go for no perspective we talk about how important it is to Stay connected with people who've told you no in the first place because no doesn't mean never. No means not yet. And things change and people's attitudes shift. And, you know, um, they, they, you know, three years ago, you probably couldn't have sold somebody social media services. Well, now today it's just, it's like that's ubiquitous. It's literally everywhere. So um, back in the day, you know, people were probably saying, no, I don't, I don't need that. I don't want to be on Twitter. And now it's like, help, I need to set up a Twitter account, you know. Um, so I think that people have to just understand that it, it is part of the process and that the no is kind of the default. And then you, you have to take that, accept it, and then figure out, okay, what am I going to do with it now? Right. And I, and I love that because it is a, as a matter of, okay, so we're, you know, we're looking at the fact that a lot of times, I mean, let's face it, you, you brought up an exit, an excellent example of that, of people saying, you know, I don't, I don't want social media stuff. I don't want to get involved with that. But now they're jumping like crazy mm-hmm. to hire, to find somebody to help them because they know now that it's, it's critical. They have no way around it. And so that's a great example of that. You know, it's almost like a delayed gratification type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so the key is in the beginning of, of especially anything that's kind of new, it's when you're on the cutting edge of something, you have to say, okay, well, I'm going to have to hang around and have that persistence and understand that it might take a while longer, especially if it's a new service like that. Yeah. Well, and I think that also you think about, you know, the persistence of of success in any aspect. I mean, what was it the, you know, when when they created the light bulb, wasn't it like 10,000 tries that failed or something like that before he got it right? And, exactly. you know, and I mean, you realize what a difference that made to the world. But yeah. if he oh, had yeah. given up after, you know, two or three tries, yeah, then we'd still be, you know, using candles and burning ourselves in the dark, you know? <laughs> right. And yeah. so things like that happen. I mean, there's so many. I like to share, see all the quotes that I see about those kind of examples. Um, you know, I think it was like, if I remember correctly, it was either Gretzky or um, one of the basketball guys has said, you know, um, I've made 10,000 or I've missed 10,000 shots or something like mm-hmm. that. They talk about all these, you know, what would be considered failures, but actually those are the things that help them create the successes that made them who they are. Oh, completely. And, and that's something that, you know, it's, 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 again, it's that intellectual thing, but it is something that you have to constantly remind yourself so you don't lose heart. And that's mm-hmm. the tricky part. 
Right. So let's talk about a, you know, you've got a process in the book about how to set no goals. How do we do that? Because I think at this point we've kind of beat it to death over the fact that no is a good thing. So mm-hmm. let's talk about if we, if somebody's getting out there, because I know a lot of our audience, they're getting out there to, they're trying to figure out, okay, how can I bring in more customers? And they're just going nuts to, with that, with that failure factor, you know, of, you know, talking to your friends, your family, your, your, you know, other businesses, and you're doing your networking, all these different things. And a lot of times you feel like you're just spinning your wheels. But we know that it's building on the law of averages. So how do we set those kind of goals? Yeah, so setting no goals is really kind of a fun process, and it has to do with, um, it's kind of taking our typical goal-setting process and flipping it on its head. So, you know, we typically all set yes goals, so it's like, um, you may have a goal of making $2,500 this month or whatever and or getting three new clients. So that's your typical yes goal. Um, maybe it's, you know, five sales at $500 each. So what we say is, you know, okay, you've got your yes goal now. Set that aside. Now let's say you want those five sales, 500 each. So, um, and this kind of goes back to the lady that you were saying where she recognized she had to make 90 calls in order to get her yes. So you kind of, you kind of reverse engineer the process and, um, whether you do it exactly or you kind of just play around with it either way is okay. But you start off and you say, I'm just going to set a goal for the number of no's I'm going to hear. And if you typically, if you know your number, then great. Then you can set, set a very specific kind of concrete no goal. But you might say, I'm just going to set a goal to get 10 no's this week and see what happens. what we all typically do, because we have those yes goals, is, you know, you may say, well, I, maybe you have, like, you wake up and you have a great Monday and you got those five yeses, you got those five sales, $500 on Monday. Well, for most of us, we'd be like, oh, my God, that's awesome. So the rest of the week, I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to kick back or do whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And so now with the no goal, since you said, I'm going to get 10 no's from 10 potential customers, uh, if you made those five sales but you and you got what you wanted, now it's okay. Now I've got to get out there and I've got to get ten no's still. And it really keeps you in the game. It keeps your hot streak going. It it makes it more fun. And so that's kind of the process is to just worry about the no's. Don't worry so much about the yeses. The yeses will sprinkle themselves in um, like they always do, but it's setting those goals for the number of no's and then and then if you get those 10 no's in the next week, you know, saying, okay, let's try for 15 no's, let's try for 20 no's, let's see how many no's we can get. And it almost forces you to go a little bit bigger in terms of, uh, you know, are you going after what I what we call, quote, low-hanging fruit, meaning, you know, easy yeses, um, things that, you know, you maybe it's, it's kind of that easy sale that you knew you'd get and we reward ourselves. Oh, you know, we got that. We got that sale. Well, what about that big client that you or that person that you really wanted to work with or partner with that you haven't been contacting? You know, go for that. Call that person and see what happens. Right, and I do love that one because I think that that's something that does actually it holds us back from some of the potential that we have. And I found that. A lot of people, it's, it amazes me because I meet a lot of really cool people, authors, speakers, you know, motivational people, some really, really high, high name people. And people come to me and they're like, how did you meet them? And I was like, I just walked up and talked to them. Mm-hmm. But they, they have that fear of the celebrity status. And 
And that, that tends to hold people back a lot of times. And that's one of the things that doesn't actually hold me back. I, I know they're all people. And part of that is, you know, I, I didn't get a chance to tell you this when we talked before, uh, before this call was that my background was actually in the music world. I was a, I was essentially a roadie. And from that standpoint, I got to meet some amazing, you know, rock stars that you would know. Alice mm-hmm. Cooper, um, Dave Mustaine from Megadeth to country artists, Queensryche, all kinds of people. I mean, even old school like Wayne Newton, um, Smothers Brothers, really cool mm-hmm. people, by the way. You know, all these kind of people. And I got used to meeting them and realized they're just people, just like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have that fear, but it amazes me how many people that do because of that situation of that fear of that celebrity or the, the who the big fish. They're afraid of going after that big fish, whoever that is. And I think that you've got a great point there. And, you know, don't just go for the low-hanging fruit. Step out of your box and go after the big ones because if, if you don't get them, that just adds one more no to your quota. Completely, and that and that's the and that's the whole goal. And I think that when you get used to um, going after that that big fish, you know, then going after or you know handling kind of your everyday business doesn't become as scary anymore because you're kind of pushing your comfort zone. You're forcing yourself out of your comfort zone. You're forcing it to expand a little bit. And meeting people like that, um, I think that really, I think that's awesome. And I think that really helps you get push that comfort zone so that. Um, you, you, you've got you've to grow your confidence and doing those things and stepping outside your comfort zone is all part of that so that, you know, you develop that confidence level. Right. I love that. And that, and that is really, I think that that's one of the really critical pieces too is that, that as you start going after more bigger people, more, you know, go after the bigger fish essentially, you, you do get that confidence because then when you get a no from somebody who's, you know, not as much of that big fish, it doesn't hurt as much either. It's like, eh, okay, we'll move on. You know, makes it just makes life easier. Yeah, completely. Yeah, very cool. So you've got some, you know, you've got some statistics about no. Can you share some of those for us? Yeah, this is. I, I really think that um, your audience will would love this because it just kind of reminds people to stay persistent and to understand that whole no doesn't mean never idea, and that. You know, if you're going to be in business for any length of time, and you're, um, you've got to have that long-term attitude. And sometimes I think, especially when you're starting out, you have that okay, wait and see. Let me give it three months. Let me give it, you know, six months attitude. Well, don't have that attitude. Be in it. Commit. And here's some interesting statistics around that. And um, uh, basically, what it is is um, 44% of people who are selling give up after one no. 22% more give up after the second no, 14% more give up after the third third no, and 12% give up after the fourth no. So that was 44, 22, 14, and 12. And when you add that up, it means that 92% of all people give up before getting a fifth no. And yet the research project that we got this from, and we, it's, we've had it for years and years, I can't even tell you where we got it anymore, but uh, I've seen other studies and it bears this out. of all customers say no four times before they finally say yes. So this whole idea of, you know, getting that first no and saying, okay, no problem, I understand, you know, you're not interested now, do you mind if I stay in touch with you, blah, 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 you know, whatever, um, that eventually they may be ready to do business with you. Maybe not. Maybe, Maybe they just never will. But you have to, a lot of times, three, four, five, six, seven, eight contacts before somebody's going to finally say yes. 
Right. And I love that. And that's one of the things that I teach in some of my programs. I have a, I have a program called Follow Up Mastery that is all based around that concept. I see that most, mm-hmm. you know, most salespeople, and I consider just about anybody in sales, in sales that's in business, but people who actually qualify themselves as a sales professional, they mm-hmm. actually the mass, mass majority of them give up after the third try. And I like to say that, you know, they're giving up at the third try when they're just getting warmed up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, and if absolutely. you're doing that, you know, so many people are doing that. And, you know, we put ourselves in that situation. Anybody listening here, if you're doing that, what's happening is you are literally just getting them warmed up for the next guy. And that's not what you want. Oh, that's really well said, Eli. I've never actually heard that before. And that is so true. Um, and I, I, I would say that if in for my business, it's probably been the biggest lesson for me. Um, you know, we when we when Rich and I first launched our company, we did speaking and training, and we kind of focused on the retail industry. And we would have clients who um, you know we sent brochures to and called on um, over the phone and sent emails. I mean, for years, and mm-hmm. then finally they you know finally one year they would you know, finally say, okay, you know, we want to bring you guys in to do a workshop or whatever. And we just really had that long-term attitude. I have it with Go For No Now. There's companies that, you know, I've been, that I have on my list that it, I just have this attitude of, okay, um, I've been after this company since 2007. It's 2014. They're still out hiring us. I'm going to be here mm-hmm. three years from now, maybe, maybe 2015, 16, 17. I don't know when it's going to be, but we'll be here. <laughs> And I want to be at right. that conference, you know, so that's, that's the attitude you have to have. Right. And I love that because it, it amazes me. I mean, I've had, I have one story that I share related to that whole process and I, I teach it from a how to build a system in order to follow up with prospects for that long term, which is mm-hmm. goes perfectly for what we're talking about here. And I have one client that from my web designing business that came to me. Um, they just they kind of were fairly new in their business. They had a website that was designed by a friend of a friend type situation, and they were not really happy with it. But it's what they could afford, so they had come to me to have me redesign their website, and I gave them a price, and they just didn't have the budget for it. And we did everything we could to try to work with them, cut back features and everything. They're like, we're, we, we don't, we're not arguing your price at all. We just don't have the budget for it. And I'm like, okay, let me know whenever, you know, something changes, you start growing, you have some extra budget, let's do this because I would love to work with you guys. Mm-hmm. And almost a year later, you know, going back to that whole thing of, you know, Coyotes hockey because uh, that, you know, when I was in Phoenix, we did a lot of hockey games. So we had a trade show we were going to be at and I was actually giving away tickets to the Coyotes game. And I sent out postcards to all of my prospects and my customers saying, come check out the trade show and, you know, stop by our booth. You might be able to get some free tickets to the game. And lo and behold, like four days, I think about four or five days after I sent that postcard, I get this call and they said, hey, I don't know if you remember us, but we had talked about a year ago and it was literally almost to the day a year earlier that we had talked. And she said, your timing was perfect. Our current web guy said, sent us a letter three days ago saying, I'm going out of business. You have 30 days to find somebody else to take everything over. Oh, oh my gosh. And that client ended up signing with us. We redesigned their website. They've still to this day, and that's been easily 10 years, they're still a client of ours. As a matter of fact, when we actually stopped taking on new web clients, Mm-hmm. They were the ones, they came to us just before we had, we finally said, we're not going to do this anymore, and said, we're starting a second business. We would really love to have you design a new website for us. 
Oh my gosh, that's great. Yeah, that's and it was amazing. all because of that follow-up. It was, it, you know, it was a matter of a year later that switch, the perfect timing came up, and that client is now worth thousands and thousands to us and has been a long-term client for easily 10 years. I don't even know how long for sure, but I know it's easily 10 years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that, and that's, I mean, that's how these things work. It's just you've got to have that long-term attitude. Yes, definitely. Very cool. Now, one of the other things that you have in the book, and I want, I want you to talk about this for a little bit, is uh, what's called the five failure levels. Let's talk about that for a minute. Okay. So this kind of goes back to our conversation about how, you know, framing failure is so important because we want to make sure that people understand that we're, that we're talking about an event, not them as people, and, and to just kind of switch that whole mindset and paradigm around it. So yeah, in the book, we've got these five failure levels, and um, it's just kind of a fun way to look at it. So level one is the ability to fail, and we joke that you know 100% of the people on the planet have the ability, um, but level two, it gets a little more interesting. Level two is the willingness to fail. So this is for people listening to this going, okay, this is pretty interesting. I I think I could be talked into doing this. So you can see they're still kind of like, eh, they're willing but not super excited about it. And right. then level three is the key, and that is the wantingness to fail, where people really, they set no goals, they go for it, they, they see you know, that um, ideal client that they want, and they say, I'm going to do something interesting to get this person's attention, this business's attention, whatever, I'm going to fail, um, I want to fail big over this, I want to want to really go for no. That's kind of the key. And then the fourth level is failing bigger and faster, so that goes to that whole big fish mindset, and and even um, the, the idea of failing faster, too, is just um, having kind of a, a need for speed mindset. It's, it's you know, contacting people with speed. It's, you know, um, not doing like, okay, one call a day, one thing a day. It's just really, you know, get some speed behind yourself. And then level five is failing exponentially, which is team failure. All right, awesome. Now talk a little bit about the... Failing exponentially. Right. So failing exponentially, that is that idea of team failure. So it really has to do with um, people who have partners in their business or who have teams under them or, you know, whatever. It's everybody going for no together. And so when you you, you kind of have that exponential growth, um, and that's where things can get really interesting when a team of people, like in a whole, whole real estate office or, you know, a, a direct sales team, um, where they all say, okay, let's all go for no, let's, let's see if we can all get, you know, a thousand no's this month or whatever and just see what kinds of really interesting results can happen from that. So that's really what that is. It's all about doing it as a team. Right. Okay. Very cool. And I like that that concept because I think that that's one thing that, I mean, I, I do work with a lot of people that are in, you know, network marketing companies or even like real estate, things like that. And I do find that they tend to somewhat still be isolated and they're still, when they do set the goals, the goals are always on the positives of how many sales we're going to make. It's not on the how many no's we're going to get. And I think that you're looking at things from a totally different standpoint and much, much more, um, much easier to reach, honestly. I mean, yeah. if you really think about it. 
Right, right. Well, and, and that I think that is the trick is that there's two sides to that is when you set yes goals, you and if you hit them quickly and easily, then you tend to slow down. Or on the flip side, if you set those yes goals and you make a couple calls, you make a couple contacts and you get a couple no's, you just get so discouraged and you're like, oh, this is terrible. I'm not going to get the yes. Well, if you're going for no and if you're setting those no goals and you got a couple no's, you're actually like, oh, cool. I just got two no's. I only have 10 more to go. Let me see if I can get those 10. And then what you'll find is that yes will slip in there that you don't expect because you're not all freaked out and stressed and pressured about getting that one yes. <laughs> I love that. And what are, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you is like as an example, you you are now doing a lot of speaking and, you know, you're still promoting the message and doing an awesome job with it. What are some of the that bigger picture goals from that standpoint? And, you know, we talked a bit about that failing bigger type situation. What are some of the things that you're going through on a regular basis to stay in that go-for-no attitude? Yeah, you know, what I've found now, Eli, is, is um, Rich and I are kind of in a weird spot because our book has sold really, really well, um, but we're not, quote, celebrities by any stretch of the imagination, and yet we're competing, and I use that term loosely, (laughs) so we're competing in a market where um, we want to speak at companies that are bringing in these great, amazing speakers like John Maxwell and um, Mm -hmm. and Joe Theismann and Gary Vaynerchuk and, um, you know, these... uh, super big speakers, well, that's where we want to be, too. So it's kind of an interesting position because um, we are getting a lot of no's, actually. And and so I guess from my standpoint, it's to continue to build the message, build the brand, and be so well-known that instead it's kind of like for, for our business um, – and for people listening to this, they can figure out how this fits for them. But, you know, there's two ways to kind of get customers. You can kind of be um, bottom-up or top-down. At least that's how we have found it. So I'm kind of working both angles. You know, I, I can go after the VP of sales or the convention planner, but I'd also like to have people from the audience be calling up and writing in and saying, hey, you know, for the next convention, we'd love to have the go-for-no people because that, you know, that that's not us saying it, it's somebody else saying it. So mm-hmm. we're just in a really, it's just such a really weird, weird, interesting time because I want to be on this stage with, you know, speaking to 10,000 people. And we've done it a couple times. And um, so I'm addicted. I want more. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. And I can say I haven't been to, to 10,000 yet. My max is, uh, I think, the biggest that I've had is like a room of 300. Uh, but it, it, I can I can totally attest to that. It is very addictive. It's a lot of fun. And it is amazing when you go through that, that process of, okay, how do we take it to the next level? And I think you've got a great strategy with it of looking from both sides, top you know, top down and bottom up from when you can get enough, you know, recommendations and those testimonials from the the fans that you have, that's Mm -hmm. going to make a major, major impact on those, those executives that are going, okay, we keep hearing her name. What we, who is this person? Why should we have her here? And now they're going to start paying attention. So I I love that strategy. I think it's going to be great for you guys. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, let's talk about some of the things, you know, if, as we're going through this process, what are some of the strategies for implementing this stuff like right away? You know, let's let's mm-hmm. look let's give them some actions that they can literally say, "Okay, I just listened to the call. I got my notes here. Let's go do this stuff." Right. 
So I would say the first thing is um, to, to, and I talk about this in a webinar that I've done in the past called the Go For No Challenge, and I, I always tell people, you know, one of the things you can do immediately is do a 30-day go-for-no challenge um, with yourself. And it's really it's really simple. Um, you know, you don't have to make yourself completely crazy. You just you start off and you, you spend the, actually the first week creating what I call a no awareness. So you just you start looking at and saying, okay, am I getting no's? Am I, a, am I kind of a go-for-no person? Am I really a go-for-no person? Or do I avoid no's like the plague? And I'm just, you know, I, I just don't pick up the phone and I'm not selling and I'm just... That's that's why my business isn't moving. So you, you kind of spend that first week looking and analyzing and trying to start that, you know, the go for no behavior, trying to remember, you know, if somebody um, reaches out to you and they order whatever your business is, they order one thing. If you can go for no and say, hey, did you know that, you know, we also have this product too you might be interested in? It's, it's trying to incorporate a little bit here and there for that first week. So mm-hmm. it's, creating that awareness, taking a little action, and then by week two, it's really setting setting those no goals and deciding how many no's you're going to try to get. You don't have to, again, don't make yourself crazy. It doesn't have to be like, okay, I'm going to get 100 no's because the other thing, Eli, that's important for people to know is it's not like you call and leave a message and you go, okay, that's one no. That person doesn't know your offer. That person doesn't know what the right. deal is. So this has got to be like a true, no, I'm not interested type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so from that standpoint, and these days it's harder and harder to get those no's. I don't suggest people go crazy with these super high no goals. You've got to keep it realistic and then just keep keep kind of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone week by week so that by the final week of your 30-day challenge, you're you're hearing more no's, you're getting outside your comfort zone. Maybe there is that big fish that you're, you're just going to decide to go for and try and see what happens. And the cool thing about the go for note, you know, about doing this 30-day challenge is you learn a lot. You kind of learn where your gaps are and you can see where your processes are maybe falling down. Like, okay, you know, you might realize I really do need a follow-up system. I'm really, I'm, I'm trying to manage this process and I've, my contacts are everywhere. Nothing's organized. And so <laughs> you may learn that you've got some systems things you've got to work through, um, which are now becoming obvious by increasing your activity. So, you know, I really recommend doing a 30-day challenge for people to get started. Right, and I love that. Now, have you done that as a, you know, like an official 30-day challenge program before? I have done it a few times, actually. Okay. it's, It's literally, it's... Um, me doing a webinar where I take people through a process, but you know, it's it's I haven't like turned it into a big thing. I made it totally casual. I started a Facebook group for people to communicate with each other who've done it, and that I've got like 500 people in that now <laughs> who've done it like over the you know over about a, I think I've done it the last two years. So right. I do it awesome. every few months, just, okay. just as kind of a fun thing to challenge people. Yeah, well, definitely, when you do the next one, reach out. Let me know when you're going to do it because I want to help promote that out because I think it's a great idea. And, you know, you and I can talk after after the call. I've got some other ideas for you from that standpoint, too, of how you can kind of systematize it and put those kind of places in there too, because I think that that is a, a great thing. And it's one of those things that, you know, people need on a regular basis. So. Mm-hmm. If we can, if we can help facilitate that form, I love that because I, I think that you got some amazing stuff, and this is a very, very powerful tool. To you know, number one is we're we're changing the mindset, but then you go through and have a challenge, this kind of situation where now you've got the accountability and you've got the system for it.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, you're right. Yeah, so yeah. definitely, let's let's talk about that. Let me know when you're gonna we're, you're gonna push the next one out, and we'll definitely I want to help share that out for you as well. Okay. Cool. All right. So now let's let's kind of talk about this, and we talked about this a bit before, but we all have that fear of being rejected. Mm-hmm. So what can we do that is going to be okay? I need to get over that fear of being rejected. How do you put that in the top of mind of changing that mindset so it's not so scary? Yeah, um, and that can be true. This is the piece, and I I mentioned it kind of at the beginning, the psychology piece that can sometimes take a while. And I think that's kind of the freeing thing about Go For No is we're trying to give people permission to, to, to fail. We're giving you permission to hear no. Um, we're not saying, hey, you need to be successful and you need to be getting yeses. And if you're, you know, if you sit down to, to have coffee with someone and you don't get a yes by the end of the meeting, you're an idiot. I mean, we're <laughs> not saying that because right. that's just not, that's, that just makes people crazy and it puts a lot of stress and pressure on those interactions. And then, people come across badly and then they wonder why they're not getting hired and it's like yeah because you're putting all this stress and pressure on yourself to get a yes so um so the whole thing is about reframing that that idea and saying you know it's okay to fail and the more I do go for no and the more no's I hear and the more I fail the more I'm going to learn I'm going to be able to tweak it I'm going to be able to follow up with these people and offer something different things have changed with them you know it's it's all about making it all good so that you um, reduce your stress and you actually can you come across kind of with a different energy, really. And I think that comes through with interactions, and people are attracted to that. We all know we're not ever attracted to someone who's desperate. You get worried. You're like, okay, this doesn't sound good, you know. Um, Right. And and so it's really giving yourself permission to fail and be bad so that you can get good. Because you can't get good or great if you're willing to be kind of just bad and then okay. Um, But you've got to just go through that that growing pain. So that's what I tell people who are in that fear is give yourself permission. That's the key. Just like like we did when we were kids. It's almost like you have to, um, not to be like overly touchy-feely here, but you have to kind of reparent yourself because Mm – you know, you were fine when you're like riding a bike and you didn't care if you look like an idiot and you fell off and you're flailing around. You just, you're like, I don't care. I've got to learn how to do this thing. Right. Um, but of course, as adults, we just don't do that for ourselves. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the things that, that we do tend to, you know, we, we give up on that. We, and it, I don't even sure where that comes from because as kids, we do all kinds of crazy, stupid things. Mm-hmm. And, but those are how we learn and that's, those are how we grow. And then as we get older, we tend to, to, Play it safe, and I think that's where that comes into play is the the playing it safe as opposed to being adventurous. And even adventurous does not mean going through the wilderness and, you know, camping in the Sahara. We're talking about just picking up the phone more often, you know, little things like that. Yep, exactly. Very cool. So we are getting close to time here, um, but what I'd like to do is can you share, you know, one of your stories of how this has made an impact for somebody who's read the book, who's gone through some of your stuff? You know, what's some of, one of your favorite stories from a success story out of this? Yeah, um, we, we get a lot of really cool success stories. Um, some of it's just people's perception. They, they tell us their perceptions changed. We probably get that that the most, which mm-hmm. is great. Now, whether or not they take action on it, you know, that's, that's the whole <laughs> right. other thing. That's kind of the key. Um, but I, I had somebody actually last week who was a 
with a pest control company, and they, I just loved the line that they said. They um, said, I've had plenty of no's and some yeses along the way. The no's have definitely outweighed the yeses lately. It's made me challenge myself and get outside my comfort zone in trying to push myself to get that no. And the main thing um, I've learned from this, this happened to be somebody who went through the challenge, is that giving up is not an option. Also, that failure has a new meaning to me now. I used to get down in the dumps when I heard a no, but now I realize that it, no is the first you know, step eventually in hearing that yes. So we get a lot of people who, um, that was actually an email that was sent to me at the end of December, who have that mind shift change. And I think that um, for solopreneurs and stuff, especially since a lot of times we're just, you know, hold up in our office working by ourselves. <laughs> I know because I'm mm-hmm. one of them. You yeah. know, you, you can kind of, you get depressed. And if you get a couple no's, you're just, there's nobody there to kick you in the butt or to make you feel good. And so by changing that mindset, hopefully people will continue to, to have a positive outlook and get rid of those negative thoughts. Right. I love it. And that, that is so, so true. And I think that, you know, with the concept of like your 30-day challenge, that makes a big difference too because and now you've add that, added that bit of accountability to help you as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very cool. Awesome. So we're, you know, we are about out of time here. So what I'd like to do, there's, I got two qu- last questions for you. This is, you know, one question that I ask everybody and we've kind of already touched on this, but I want to see if you've got anything more to go on this one is okay. if there is one action step people can get out and do right away, what would that be? Um, you, you know what? Best action step is to sit down and figure out the people that you have not yet reached out to that you've been wanting to contact, the person that you've been kind of dragging your feet about, and make a list, three to five people, and call them this week um, or after you create your no awareness and you kind of you know, play around with it a little bit, maybe on the side with people that aren't too scary, um, is call that list. So make your list of the people you're going to go for no with. That's one action you can do right away. Awesome. I love that. And I'm going to put something on record here. And because we're recording this, this is the live podcast. I want, I want everybody to, to totally know this. Now, you mentioned earlier, you said that you guys haven't come up, you know, you guys haven't hit that celebrity status. And I have to beg to differ from you. Because I believe that you have hit that celebrity status. I've watched your stuff on Facebook. Like I said, you you know, you and I have been friends on Facebook for several years now. But I've seen the interaction you have, the number of fans you have. Your fans are very rabid, which is exactly what we want. You guys have hit that. Maybe not in the in quite as big of a scale as could be, and where you will be, because I have full faith in you. But. You guys have already hit that, and I'm going to tell you that when I first, you know, I originally wanted to see about having you come on as a guest probably about a year ago, Mm -hmm. and I procrastinated that because Ah, of the fact that I was like, you know what, we we know each other, we kind of talk to each other, but, you know, she is this, this, you know, big wig out there, so she probably doesn't have time to do my show, and that kind of stuff, and I actually went Mm -hmm. through that process, Mm -hmm. and then finally I was like, okay, that's just stupid, and I sent you a Facebook message, and that's why we're on this call right now. I love it. That is yeah. an awesome story. I love it. 
I'm very so, proud of you. <laughs> well, thank you, and I appreciate that. And that's and you know, so everybody understands that we all go through that. I mean, I, I've talked to some pretty cool people out there. I have some high high level friends out there, and I still run into that same situation. And I do that, and that's that's nature that happens. But I wanted to put that out there as my go for no scenario, so people can see exactly what happened because of me overcoming that and taking the chance, which really wasn't that big of a deal. I spent five minutes writing a Facebook message. It wasn't that hard. Mm-hmm. And worst case scenario, you would have said, I'm sorry, I'm too busy. I'm not interested. Um, you know, that, that would have been right. it. But, that's, but instead, we're now doing this call. And that means the world to me. I have a lot of faith in you. I, I love your stuff. I love your message. That's why I've, you know, I've, like I said, I've got the book sitting right here. I picked it up. I read it in three or four hours because it's a very easy read, by the way. Um, you know, I'm going to tell everybody on this call, you need to go get a copy of this book because it's an easy read and it could change your mindset around business and how you do everything you do. Because when you can change that shift, it opens up so many more doors for you. So true. Well, thank you, Eli. I appreciate all that. Uh, definitely, and I appreciate you being on the call. So as we're getting getting towards time here, how can people get a hold of you? Well, I would love them to jump on Facebook. We've got a Facebook page. I, I post daily motivational notes. So um, I call them motivational instead of motivational. That's my that's my thing. Cool. Um, and so uh, so that's facebook.com forward slash go for no. And if they want to sign up for our monthly newsletter, they can do that at goforno.com. So I'd love people to do that and uh, just stay connected with us and and just kind of continue. And and it's something that I think when people stay connected to us, they can they can continue to work on the psychology and keep reminding themselves because it's not just a one-time fix something that we all need to remember and I'm lucky because I get to teach it you know virtually every day so I'm constantly reinforcing it myself if I wasn't you know Lord only knows where I'd be (laughs) (laughs) right no definitely well thank you so much for joining us it was it was my pleasure to have you on the show it's just been Tons of amazing information. I love it. And, you know, as I like to always put this out there, and I, and I put this out there because I, I enjoy what I do. I have fun with this. And, I, and you know, this show for me is my way of giving back and having fun. So if there's anything that I can ever do for you to help support you, reach out and let me know. That is great. Love it. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And thank you to everybody listening to today's show. Um, get out there. Have an amazing rock star week. And, you know, as always, if there's anything I can do to help you out, get out there. And we'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Hey there. This is Eli again, and I got a question for you. Do you have a roadmap for marketing your business? If you're consistently looking for new marketing ideas just to keep your business going, then you need to check out smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com. And download the free special report that I created to help you create a marketing plan that will thrive in any economy. Again, that's smallbusinessmarketingroadmap.com. Go get it, read it, and start the road trip of your lifetime. See you on the other side.